Welcome to Canada's podcast. At Silicon Valley Bank, we help innovative technology and life science companies grow. If you're ready to take your next step, discover how Silicon Valley Bank's founder-friendly financial solutions, industry insights, and connections can help you move your bold ideas forward fast. Go to www.svb.com slash Canada slash connect. Take your next step with Silicon Valley Bank. Hi, this is Angela Fay from Canada's podcast. Today, access to affordable capital to start or grow a business is a number one consideration for any entrepreneur or business owner. Banks are an obvious solution. Choosing a bank or capital partner is a critical decision. To today, we're providing you some insights on a relatively new business in the Canadian finance scene, Silicon Valley Bank. So we're talking about why Canadians should invest and borrow from Silicon Valley Bank. We'll be looking at what are the internal workings of how SVB works, what makes them unique, and some Canadian finance venture tech trends. And who better to talk about those things with us but Katerina Papadakos. Katerina is, uh, holds a BA in political science from the University of Victoria and an MPA for the University of BC's Sauter School of Business. She volunteers as a member of CARE Canada Vancouver Council, supporting and helping women and girls and their families get out of poverty in developing countries. She lives here in Vancouver with her husband and son, enjoying snowboarding, paddleboarding, and hiking locally. And of course, experienced culture, food, and landscapes globally, most recently in the South Africa's Kalahari Desert. Katerina also leads the technology banking effort of SVB in Western Canada. Before joining in 2020, she served as the director of Expresso Capital, where she led venture debt financing for tech companies in Western Canada and opened new U.S. markets for the firm. Katerina was also director for the technology and innovation group at uh, BMO and launched the bank's technology lending program in BC. She has had roles in trade and invest BC, where she's helped businesses in the province develop their export and foreign investment strategies. Katerina, welcome to Canada's podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, I'm curious, what attracts you to the work you do, both previously and now with SVP? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's some differences in the roles I've had over the last um, 10, 15 years, but then there's some common threads that sort of connect the the experiences. And I think one of the main common threads is just working with entrepreneurs, companies, uh, you know, people that are passionate about growing their business and, um, you know, making disruptive changes in their industry. So I think um, that's something that I find really exciting, and I I love sort of getting close to the action. You know, working with those entrepreneurs and and their teams, starting from very early stage and then growing throughout their life cycle to you know when they have a big exit or some you know big outcome, and just being part of that journey with them. Awesome. Well, and I want to get into a little bit about how Silicon Valley Bank works itself. You know, our traditional idea of a bank is maybe bricks and mortar outlets in in communities and where you can bank with or without a business. So can you give us some insight? Does SVB do any personal banking? Uh, Do you have outlets? How, How do you work? 
So SVB in Canada is um, a lending branch. So our, our main objective in Canada is to lend to tech companies um, at various stages. We are also a global bank. So in other jurisdictions like the US and the UK and others, we have more of a broader commercial banking offering. So some of those um, companies in those areas will have their kind of business operating using SVB as their primary bank. From a personal banking perspective, we've got um, private banking in, in some areas as well. So we uh, acquired Boston Private in the U.S. Um, last year. And so, you know, there's a little bit of that. But in Canada, we are really focused on lending um, to Canadian tech companies. So we're really more of a uh, Silicon Valley lending institution right here in Canada. Yeah. Um, okay. And do you, do, I mean, do you do any commercial or industrial mortgages as well? Or is it really just operations lending? Yeah, we, we don't really have sort of mortgage products per se. I mean, a lot of companies can choose to use the, the funds that we lend them in, you know, for different purposes. So um, our, our loans are really flexible and, and you know, help companies achieve what they're trying to achieve. And so um, there's some loan types that are very specifically aligned with like, you know, accounts receivable or, you know, whatever. But then there's others that are more broad. and so you know, in those cases, companies might use um, funds to purchase equipment or, you know, um, have more of the traditional investments in their business. Well, and I mean, do you have any credit card associations as well? Is that that part of your offer? In the U.S., we've got a corporate card. So actually, a lot of Canadian companies also use us um, for their U.S. banking and U.S. credit cards. So um, we do have that. And we're, um, you know, always looking at how we want to expand our product offering in Canada, but right now we don't have that. Well, and I mean, in my experience here on Canada's podcast and interviewing lots of companies globally looking to do business in Canada and Canadians looking to do business abroad, we have a, a reputation, if you like, as Canadians for being safe to do business here. So does SVB offer any loan guarantees or are you government assured? Or is there anything that sort of reinforces that, that trust breathiness in how you operate? Yeah, I think, you know, we don't have, we're not a traditional lender from that point of view where, you know, they want to have two or three ways, you know, out of a, of a deal. And so they want to have you know, your cash flow and your house and your, you know, like, so we, we're not operating like that. We we're in the innovation sector. And so we have our own model of how we assess risk and what amount of debt is the right amount for a company. And so we're really more focused on growth, helping companies um, grow and expand and working with them as well as their investors to be part of that. And, and so we don't have the same uh, lens, I guess, is, you know, more of that traditional kind of lender. Well, and let's talk a little bit about that lens. Um, just to give me a little bit of insight on how you review, evaluate business loans. And perhaps we could do that by, uh, you know, talk, talking through the process of how, say, a startup entrepreneur who's maybe under, you know, a, a, their first million dollar uh, rollout to the growth stage companies, what what would be the process in each one of those scenarios from th with through the SVB lens? Yeah, so we work with companies at all stages. We've got 
different um, resources and support at different stages. So we want to get to know founders as early as possible and understand what they're trying to achieve and, and try to help in any way we can. So usually early stage, um, you know, prior to companies raising an institutional round of investment, we're usually more providing other types of support, like introductions, connections. Um, we've got a lot of, uh, information and um, like, you know, for example, webinars and other types of things that give education to those founders as far as like, hey, you know, learn from learn from the kind of others that have done it before and and don't sort of feel like you're alone and you have to figure it out yourself. So anything from how to how to fundraise, how to evaluate term sheets, how to, you know, all, all of these different things, we're um, we're hoping that our education kind of gets founders there a little bit quicker. And then once they raise an institutional round, whether it's like a, a seed round or, you know, in many cases, series A, um, that's when we start to look at the debt offering. Um, so that's usually, you know, starting out just with, um, with some initial debt and then looking to grow our relationship with the customer and the client over time, just like, you know, starting out, you know, based on their fundraising that they've done, they might qualify for something like a million dollars. And the idea is as they spend that, as they grow the business and as they mature as a company, that $1 million might uh, turn into, um, you know, three, four, five, 10, 20 over time. So we want to continue to fund businesses through their life cycles. Well, and that's a great segue. And I, you know, the, the question I think is everybody wants to ask, and I know it might not be politically correct to ask, but what are your interest rates and, and sort of terms on, on a typical debt financing loan? Yeah. So we have, um, rates that are like, so all Canadian banks, let's say are, or are considered like senior lenders. So, you know, we're, we're in the same range. So as what you would find like at a, at any bank. So you're, you know, it, it depends. Everybody's got like their own risk profile for a certain company. So it's not like a standard number where everybody's going to get the exact same amount, but it's, you know, call it like mid single digit interest rate. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we also have other types of debt products that are um, more like junior debt products that are a bit more expensive, but the risk profile of that tranche of debt is much higher. So um, normally what you do is you look at, uh, how much a company qualifies for and you give them a certain amount at sort of that senior debt pricing. And then if, if they're looking for more than that, we see if they qualify for that. And then, you know, it's, that's priced a little bit higher. Katerina, how do you advertise at this point? How are you connecting with, with potential clients? Yeah. So we are, I mean, I think all of us that are on the team have our own networks and, you know, have been around for a while. And so, especially during the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of people that are really relying on some of those networks and, um, you know, people know what we do. They have clients that they're trying to support and we sort of share introductions that way. So that's definitely a, a, a big, um, source of uh, new connections and, and relationships. I think we, you know, we have some um, campaigns of like putting content out there and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we've I think most of the time because of the types of companies we work with and they're very connected to the sort of the venture space, like 
-hmm. companies get plugged into that and then they find, you know, that it's actually a pretty small community and most people kind of know each other. And so, you know, if a company comes to me and they say, Hey, I'm looking for this and, you know, whether or not they qualify for that, I also can say, Hey, you know what, you should talk to this person or that person, or, you know, like this is, this is kind of um, a good next step for you. So I think just getting plugged into someone in the innovation community is really helpful. And then um, from there, use them and their connections and their networks to kind of, um, you know, continue on. So let's just talk about the size of your network at the moment. I, I, I mean, Silicon Valley Bank came to Canada in, in not that long ago in 2019. You've been on board since 2020. So how big is your team and what kind of, you know, breadth do they have across Canada? Yeah, so we've grown our team considerably over the last couple of years. Now we're about 40 across Canada and continuing to grow. Um, yeah, and we've got certain individuals that are focused on working directly with companies others that are focused on working directly with venture capital funds and private equity funds. Um, we've got sort of the underwriting teams. We've got a variety of people that are um, there to support our clients. So we, you know, we're, we're not the kind of bank where we're going to tell you, here's a 1-800 number and like, good luck. You know, like actually we've been, it's been like noted by a number of clients where they actually find it like surprising how many actual people are there that they could call, you know, if they need something. So um, I think even though maybe 40 people isn't a massive number, it is definitely, um, you know, our focus to support companies and be available at all times. I'm a little bit curious about a comment that you said where you've got some, I'm imagining, you know, traditional account managers that have a portfolio of clients, but you also mentioned that you have sort of uh, some representatives that are working exclusively with, with venture debt companies. How, how does that work? Who are they? And, and what are they looking at financing as a collection? The VC, uh, the, the folks that are looking at working with VCs. Yeah. So they, so there's, um, so there's two sort of approaches. One is looking at um, building relationships with VCs because we bank um, and we fund so many of their portfolio companies. And so we, we need to have sort of a direct connection with, with those investors to make sure that we're aligned and we're, um, you know, supporting them as well. And then we also have um, fund banking as so like we'll actually lend money to um, venture capital funds in, in addition to just their portfolio companies. Okay, interesting. So direct to the portfolio companies, but to the funds themselves. Exactly. Fantastic. I'm a little, <laughs> and of course, that's a curiosity for me. So is it a, a relationship strategy, a risk reduction strategy, or all of the above to actually partner with, with VCs specifically? I think, um, yeah, maybe all of the above. Like, I think it's, uh, it is a relationship strategy because, you know, once, once the money's out the door, like, you need to make sure that whoever is um, on the other side of that is trustworthy and reliable and, you know, is going to be um, accountable and, and all of that. And so um, when they do have a VC sponsor that's invested in the company, they have um, some diligence that they've already done on, on the founders and the team and the technology and all of that. So 
um, you know, we, the ones that we have a good relationship with, we kind of know some of the um, vetting that they've done. Um, they're also looking at for their portfolios, they're looking at like which companies are going to lead the category or which companies you know, they're picking to be the kind of leaders in their sector. And so, um, you know, they're really smart people and we think like they, they have, you know, the responsibility of their funds to deploy. So, you know, we, we definitely take that, um, as one, as a factor as well. So the relationship is, um, is important. And then, you know, if you have various capital providers around the table, when things inevitably go not exactly as planned, you know, you have others that we can all come together and come up with a solution. So that is um, certainly like a bit of a risk reduction um, scenario. So we, I wanted to talk a little bit about how Silicon Valley Bank is unique. And we've already talked a little bit and highlighted you know, the relationships with venture capital firms that where there's a little bit more of a, um, a network support from multiple, you know, supporters that are also already you've highlighted those as making you unique. But the finance landscape in Canada, I, I mean, we have the five big banks, we have credit unions, we have provincial, national, even public banks. So I'm curious how you see Silicon Valley Bank fitting in or standing out from all of these competitors in the finance world in Canada? Yeah. So I, of course, would say we're standing out, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, how I would describe that is, you know, as a bank globally, we've been around for almost 40 years. So, um, you know, exclusively working with tech um, and innovative companies. And so, that's something that we're 100% committed to. And that's something that I think we're the only bank that can say that. So, you know, whereas the Canadian banks that you referenced have personal banking, commercial banking for all sorts of different companies, and they might have like a division that's focused or starting to focus on the tech space. Okay. This is all we do. And so we're 100%, you know, fully invested in um, that space. And through the last 40 years of experience, like there's been different cycles in the tech um, ecosystem. And so I think we've also proven that we're good partners through some challenges. So I think anybody can lend money when things are great and, you know, but it's, what do you do when, when there's a challenge and how do you respond? And I think um, we've just had that proof point, you know, that we're really good partners. The other thing I would say is that, because we work with so many innovative companies, I think it's somewhere in the ballpark of like 30,000 globally. Um, and that represents like half of the VC backed companies in the U S and, you know, just tons and tons of experience over the last number of years. I think that that has just created this depth of knowledge in our, in, in our organization where, you know, it's not like you're looking at something for the first time you have that pattern recognition, you've seen it, over and over again, you know what to look out for. And so you can act quickly, you can right. understand the business um, and sort of work more strategically with those founders versus having like a, you know, like a, a format where it's like, you know, here's a, here's a formula of how we do, like, it's not really, you know, it's not really the approach that we take. It's more about understanding the businesses and having oh, that yeah. deep sector knowledge. The team at Silicon Valley Bank in Canada 
can help you move your bold ideas forward fast, bringing global expertise to founders, investors, and innovators. Visit www.svb.com slash Canada slash connect to find out more. We talked a little bit about interest rates. We never talked about term. I know, I know you said, I'm going back now to a question that I forgot to get clarity on, but um, you know, quite often you're in it for the long haul with your relationships that um, yeah. of the companies that you fund. So what sort of, you know, are we talking, you know, five years through startup or startup to sell, or are we talking, you know, the 20 year long haul durations? What sort of experience do you have? Yeah, I think most of so we've got some that are more like working capital facilities that are, you know, a couple of years and you renew it every time. And, you know, that's sort of like an ongoing thing. And then for term facilities, it's usually, you know, in the three, four year mark to begin with. And most of the time what happens is when those companies go from one um, milestone to the next or like maybe they're raising their next round within that um, few year time frame, then we usually refresh the facility and kind of kind of give them a new amount, like a larger amount and, and extend the term. So it's, it's something that's set, but the, by, you know, I guess the majority of, of cases is that we set it and then they hit the next milestone. We give them a new facility, refresh it and continue on with that as they scale. Okay, perfect. Well, I just wanted to come back a little bit to tech and, you know, historically, especially with the name brand of Silicon Valley, tech has been internet, software, computers, yet Canada is traditionally a resource-based economy, agriculture, oil, fishing, lumber. So when we are looking at tech, I just wanted to sort of describe a scenario so that, you know, people across Canada could perhaps see themselves as a tech innovator. Uh, and I thought, you know, let's, let's use a, the example of a self-driving tractor, for example, you know, there's a farmer looking to buy one. There's a manufacturer looking at producing parts and there's a, uh, you know, a, a vehicle manufacturer looking to buy one from scratch. Who would you lend money to? Yeah. So we would, we would lend money. <laughs> we would lend money to the company that's, um, that's producing the vehicles. So Right. Um, it might, it might be, I mean, it might be the, the parts, uh, if, if the parts are really, you know, uh, proprietary and they're, um, you know, and that's a business in itself and it might be the, the manufacturer of the vehicle, if, you know, if that's sort of where the innovation lies, right. I think it's really just like, where's the, the innovation, um, taking place and sort of which company is the one that would be looking to grow really quickly and skill, you know, and, and just become like a, a larger and, and more dominant player. Okay. I think where that's where we really shine is helping companies do that because we're comfortable with that type of rapid growing business and, and ways to support them. I think if it's more of like a traditional kind of, you know, operation where they're looking at just kind of coasting along and, and being, you know, like a, a, you know, just a small business that's profitable. And, and, you know, that's, that's great. I think those are less sort of our um, target. It's we're looking more at the kind of big venture scale type ambitions um, over time. And not everybody gets there, but th those are kind of the types of companies that we typically work with. And 
I understand kind of the value proposition for startups. I'm curious, you know, if I'm uh, uh, maybe a little bit more mature business or, and I've been with a Canadian bank for years, do you find people switching to SVB or at least, or adding you as a, as a capital partner in uh, for a little bit more mature companies and at what stage of their company growth would you want to partner with them? Yeah, we definitely find companies switching at all stages. I think it's about what we can offer versus the other banks. I think, well, you know, like I said earlier, our offering is really conducive to companies that are trying to, you know, take that leap and be the innovative leader. And so some of that results in things that Canadian banks are not comfortable with, you know, like burning cash and, you know, really um, putting their foot on the gas. It's not something that's going to have two or three layers of security, you know, tangible security that's going to make a traditional bank comfortable. So I think when companies are looking to accelerate or, you know, um, maybe raise another large round, that's where we come in and we're uh, able to come up with something a bit more creative in most cases. Well, and something that you and I talked about uh, before the podcast started was the, uh, you know, finding a capital partner within, you know, quickly, either within startup or growth, because if you wait too long, the options are limited. Uh, And, you know, it's sort of the mindset of being stuck in, you know, full ownership and perceived less risk by not, you know, bringing on capital partners. Um, you know, can you respond to that as far as why you believe getting a capital partner early is actually good for business? Yeah, I think, you know, and every entrepreneur has to decide what, what they want to do with their business. So, you know, some want to be owning a hundred percent of it and have like slow, steady growth, profitable. That's totally fine. That is like one path that you can choose to take. I think if you are considering raising outside capital, um, sometimes that path, uh, the slow and steady path does you a bit of a disservice because growth is really being rewarded right now. Growth is being rewarded a lot more than profitability right now. And so if you can take on some outside capital, ramp up, um, if you have a use of funds that'll help help you ramp up your growth, all of the other pieces will come together a lot more easily in terms of, you know, the, your valuation is going to increase your opportunities to eventually be acquired or have an, uh, you know, an exit it will be a lot higher likelihood. So I think, you know, I've seen companies wait a bit too long, I think, you know, where they, mm-hmm. they just don't, they want to um, be a little too sort of tight with, uh, you know, bringing on outside capital and it's resulted in a slower growth. And then ultimately when they do look to raise outside capital, you know, not everyone knows why you didn't grow that fast. You know, it's like, (laughs) like, it's kind of like if you had the money, you would have grown. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So like you you can't assume that people are going to, you know, take that leap with you. I think it's right. It's good to bring on partners when you feel like you have a good use of funds and you're going to really put that money to work and it's going to show in your um, product development or your growth. Well, and I'm a little bit curious 
uh, about your comment about growth is being more rewarded over profit right now. Um, I get that, but what? So profitability, I think is, uh, you know, cash flow is key, of course, but profitability in the long run is also a goal. So what is being looked at if, you know, the first few years of profitability aren't there? Is it the possibility of selling? Is it um, being bought out? What, or, or is it the fact that we have the, the venture capital experts, you know, and the, and the mentors that could come in and actually assist with getting that profitability happening? Yeah, I think, you know, there's companies where they, you know, in the beginning, you're, you're sort of experimenting, right? You're seeing like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this and I'll see what happens. I'll try that. And then once you hit something where you're like, okay, I'm spending a dollar on this marketing and I'm getting like multiple dollars back of, um, you know, growth, like then you've hit something and then you need to think about putting some more capital behind that. And, and that's, that's where, um, you know, that's where it makes sense to spend those outside dollars because you're getting that kind of, um, big return on, on those dollars. spent. um, so I think I'm not encouraging people to just, uh, spend and, and kind of lose money, like for no reason. It's sort of like when you find there's, there's some positive outcome from spending the outside capital, then that's investment. That's going to scale your business quickly. Your business is going to be worth a lot more faster and it's going to draw attention for, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you're looking to be acquired or if you're looking to do some kind of large fundraise, or if you're looking to go public, like all, you know, you kind of need to show that you're, um, you're a leader in your, um, in your sector and that you're, you're sort of worth investing in down the road. I want to switch tacks a little bit and just talk about venture check trends in Canada overall. Uh, SVB has been, and now can I just to, to clarify, should we be using the phraseology SVB or Silicon Bank or are they interchangeable? SVB is, a lot of people see as SVB. Okay. Yeah. So in SVB, you've been here since 2019. Have you seen any geographies or clusters of sectors that, uh, that you've tapped into specifically here in Canada? Yeah. So I think there is a lot of data that supports this as well. Like Ontario, Quebec, BC are the three, um, most active, um, provinces in terms of the tech space, but we also have a lot of clients in, um, across the prairies, Atlantic Canada. So I think, you know, that might be shifting. A lot of uh, companies, especially during COVID, went to more remote workforces, looking to find talent, looking to find um, places where they uh, they can have a better lifestyle. You know, their employees can have a better lifestyle. So, you know, there's there's more of a shift to going to some other communities. And I think that probably is a trend that's going to continue because... Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's some benefit in being in the sort of, you know, Ontario, Quebec, BC, um, regions, because you have others that have done it and you're sort of in a community, but on the other hand, um, cost wise, it does make sense to also look elsewhere. Well, and do you, would you see any link between, uh, education and innovation? 
Yeah. So in Canada, that's one of the things that I think we really, where we really shine. So like we've got world-class universities that are developing technologies that are spinning out into really fantastic companies. And I think that's one of the um, key advantages that we have. So um, I would, I would definitely say that that's a huge factor. Also talent, you know, um, that are, are coming out of those universities that, you know, not just the technology, but the individuals that can be sort of hired into some of these tech companies are, are really world-class. And, and I think that's something that we've, we've noted. Um, I think Canada also, of course, has a lot of government incentives for early stage companies. And that's a huge benefit for uh, those companies in the early days where it's actually really difficult to find other sources of, of, uh, of capital. So um, various grants or tax credits can really be um, a lifeline for companies in the early days. And related to that, do you see any link between, uh, you know, the establishment of, I'll call them innovation hubs or incubators or, uh, you know, tech physical centers and, you know, the businesses that are popping out of those? Yeah, I think there's some, I mean, some of it is we've now, you know, had a number of years or decades where there's been companies that are sort of homegrown maybe exited those founders are now a second or third time founder. There's sort of this ecosystem of talent that's, that's been built over time. So I think that also fosters sort of the next companies and, and maybe a bit of like a hub for different types of technologies. I mean, certainly when I look at um, Alberta, a lot more companies in Alberta are focusing on the oil and gas sector than you know in Toronto for example like there's just kind of the like they're near their end client and we also see you know ag tech in BC Alberta Saskatchewan you know not so much in maybe PEI or whatever so like we're definitely seeing some of that but I think there's also really interesting hubs like you mentioned earlier there's um kind of a traditional resource economy in, in Canada but like that's changing really fast. Like we of course are going to always have that resource economy, but mm -hmm. um, Canada is really on the map right now as uh, as like a world-class tech um, location. Well, we've, I, I've heard from SVB that more than 86% of new companies actually remain in their home province. So, and it kind of busts that myth that founders, you know, exit and leave for the U S is can you uh do do you see that trend yourself yeah i think a lot i mean i've noticed a lot of people also moving back from the u.s and just wanting to like not feeling like they have to be in the u.s like there's enough connectivity with those u.s markets where they can they can continue to live in canada and, and still you know have a you know a bit of a connection to the u.s that's beneficial to their business i mean canadian companies are still selling a lot to the US, like it's the number one market. A lot of companies that we work with, their expenses are in Canada and a lot of their revenues are coming from the US or globally. So I think there's always going to be that relationship, but I don't think that there's the feeling that they necessarily have to open their company's headquarters in those geographies. Like they might have a satellite office or they might just be operating in Canada. Well, and I've heard another SVB claim that the pandemic helped erase geographic barriers. And this is 
proved to be a bit of a boon for the venture ecosystem uh, with greater access to U.S. investors for Canadians. And so I'm, I guess my question is, is there really more access to capital has and why and how has this been happening? Is there a you know reduction in red tape to allow more venture capital coming to Canada? Um, what what's really happening? Yeah, there used to be a bit of like a, a saying or whatever that like VCs wanted to invest in their own backyard or be able to like there was more of a, a focus on like hey you know I want to be able to be face to face with companies two or three times through the initial diligence. And then I want to be face-to-face like throughout the relationship over time. But I think the pandemic obviously made everyone a lot more comfortable with virtual um, meetings and, and that really leveled the playing field in terms of, you know, like it's just as easy to have a meeting with somebody in a completely different geography as it is in your own backyard, you know, during a time like this, right? So I think that really accelerated people's comfort levels in that. I think it was going in that direction anyway, because people were just always looking for the best deals. And we would always find there'd be somebody from, you know, all different funds coming up here quarterly or monthly to sort of meet with a few companies. And now you can do a lot more quickly from your from your office. And then um, you know, invest more broadly in, in different geographies, just finding the best companies. And yeah, and they're not all in some of the key centers um, anymore. They're, they're all over the place. Oh, and that's very interesting. And I think that coast to coast finding unique uh, opportunities that are popping up all over the place is, is probably something that's going to be uh, staying with us for the long term now, because, you know, we, COVID helped you know, disrupt geography in many respects. So yeah, there's there's also, no, I was just going to say, there's also just a lot more capital out there now than there's ever been. And so because there's so much more capital now than ever, investors are really looking to find those good deals and good companies to partner with. Like founders have tons and tons of options. Like they're not, it's sort of flipped from a number of years ago where founders were like, really struggling to find the investor that will take them to the next level. Now, if you're, if you're a good company, you're going to have competing offers from all sorts of investors and it's, you're going to be able to negotiate and dictate a lot more of those terms. And that's right. So there really is a lot more access to capital out there. A lot more people getting private venture capital realm. Very sad. And I've got to ask the question only because, you know, it's, it's the cab drivers are talking about it. It's kind of talk on the street is, you know, decentralized current uh, finance and cryptocurrencies and this emerging uh, market there. Uh, What's your opinion on decentralized finance? And is there any talk of adopting it at SVP? I think, you know, it's something that we're watching really closely. Um, And I think there's a lot of really interesting companies, particularly in, in in our own backyard here in Canada as well, that are um, innovating in that space and have received a lot of investment and support. So I think it's it's more quickly becoming uh, a mainstream option. But you know, as far as how we interact with those companies or what we're able to do with them, I think we're still um, figuring it out and and I guess working alongside them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I'm giggling a little bit because I'm aware there's even whole entire countries, you know, like El Salvador. And I think this morning I thought I, th- I thought I saw that Kenya's introduced their, their own cryptocurrency in the country. So it'll be it, we can't afford not to watch the space, at least a little bit. All of us. really. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Katarina, what, uh, what, what's our call to action? I would like uh, our listeners to be able to tap into what's going on at SVB. I know we've got some resources that we can direct people to. Um, the first one, th- there's an entrepreneur's playbook. Do you want to share a little bit about what that's about? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we've got tons and tons of resources. Um, entrepreneur's playbook, we've got a uh, YouTube channel for startup banking. We've got um, research documents on our website. So I would highly recommend just taking a taking a look at some of those resources and and using them. You know, they're really, really good, really sort of thought leadership pieces and and um, can be helpful. You know, the research can be helpful if you're putting a deck together and you're looking for some stats for your um, for your market. And the fundraising workshops can be super helpful because, you know, it's our team and also um, some conversations with VCs. You're hearing it directly from them as far as what they want to see and and what you should do to maybe get their attention. So I think, you know, tapping into that would be super helpful. Um, And if you think you're at the stage where you want to, um, you know, look at debt or look at uh, working with us more closely, then definitely reach out to one of us to learn more. There's uh, I think there's a contact uh, link on our website for SVB Canada. So that's the best way to reach us. Absolutely. And I can just say, I've had a look at the Founders Playbook. I'm just going to uh, say it the website is svb.com slash founders dash playbook. And if you just search SVB on YouTube, there are 10,000 or more subscribers to the video collection. And I love it because it's very clear. They're little soundbite videos where you can go in and have a look uh, and ask a specific question and get a specific answer, uh, which is fantastic. And of course, uh, you can also sign up for there to receive the email notifications on svb.com slash Canada slash email subscription set up. So I encourage all of our listeners to check that out. Katarina, is there any last comments you'd love to say to uh, Canadian? And of course, we have a much broader, we have a global audience of, of entrepreneurs watching the space of what's happening in Canada. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, I think I would say this and I've heard it from a lot of investor friends of mine, like there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur and there's never been a better time to look at scaling your business. So um, if that's what you're doing, just, you know, keep going with it. And I think we're looking at really a lot more momentum in the next years to come. So excited to work with many of you going forward. Well, and we're excited to share your story and SVB's story here on Canada's podcast, where collectively we are making next happen. Katarina, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. The Silicon Valley Bank team in Canada can help you take your next step Find out more about the bank that has nearly 40 years of global experience supporting venture-backed tech and life science companies and their investors. We're in Canada to help leading innovators reach the next stage faster. Visit www.svb.com slash Canada slash connect. 
Take your next step with Silicon Valley Bank. 